the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He's on vacation this week. Be back uh, with you on Monday. So. Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Tuesday. Because Monday is, wow, it's Memorial Day weekend. It is Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, that, that just, uh. I just caused a little spark of happiness <laughs> racing through my entire body. Good. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Good reminder there, Jeffy. Uh, the NFL has uh, banned sort of uh, kneeling, but they didn't make it a 15-yard penalty, which I thought was a, a, an interesting idea, and that's something that would be enforced. I did originally, <laughs> but I don't know that... I don't know that you find um, – my original thought was the 15-yard penalty, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But then if they came out on the field, right, and everybody is standing and then 10 players kneel down. Is it one penalty? Is it 10 penalties? Are they starting the drive in the parking lot? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know 15 what yards for every player who yeah. kneels? I, saw, I will say this, though. If they, if they did something like that, that would make it really enforced because no team – is going to want to start the game with penalties. I know. Nobody's going to uh I know. Maybe the NFL okay says, that. you know, you get one 15-yard penalty and and a fine. It, it, it would have made it serious. Whereas now... Oh, it was... Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, if you break the rules, we're going to give you a little fine. New York Jets owner has already said he'll pay the fines for, for his players if they want to kneel. And the, San Francisco, and the 49ers uh, owners uh, voted against it. I'll go back and talk to my players and... I want to work on social justice stuff. What? what? I don't even want to hear the phrase social justice what? anymore. I don't want to hear it. I well, don't want to hear the word fairness, and I don't want to hear the phrase social justice. I mean, that was that was Roger's line, right? When the, when they talked to him about the, continuing our collaboration with players to advance the goals of justice and fairness in all corners of our society. Thank you, Roger. You know what? That's not what the NFL is for. I don't think so either. It's just not what the NFL is for. Don't talk to us about social justice and now. fairness and equality and all that stuff. You, the, the NFL is the last organization on earth to talk about fairness and equality. When you have 75% of your players that are a, a certain ethnicity, uh, how's that fair? Not, not in the social justice world, it isn't. You no, should it is even not. that out. There should be a proportional amount of whites of blacks, of Hispanics, of Asians. Where are all the Asian players? Uh, how many Native Americans do you have on your teams? You know? <laughs> in every other aspect of life, we're not worried about merit. We're worried about fairness and equality and yeah. equaling the playing field. Why aren't you doing that? In fo- Don't start talking to me about social justice. We a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, absolutely. I, I just, uh, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that they've gone far enough for me to completely stop watching it that's that's the hard thing because are we going to stop watching it no i'm i'm not going to i i, I mean although i don't watch much i don't NFL watch to much begin nfl with. either every once in a while I'll, I'll see a game on monday night or whatever but i you know my big thing is college and i think yours too right yeah. uh, so it wouldn't be impossible not to give up the nfl but i like it i do too I, you know, who doesn't enjoy, and one of the things about the NFL is you wait for it all year long to help you 
combat the insanity of the rest yes, of the have year. have a getaway, yeah. a, 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 a refuge, a day of, I'm just going to watch football. Yeah, it's where you don't have to think about all this stuff. And then, even there, they start throwing it in your face. Why? And they won't do anything about I, it. I, I still am just amazed that they can't and didn't say from the very beginning, you are an employee you do what we say within the framework of this job. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, fine. Go find another job. And good luck finding one that pays you $15 million a year. Well, <laughs> and good luck. I know. Good luck with that. I know. And good luck with a job that will give you a platform outside of the framework where people know you and you're able to promote your ideas. Yeah, the whole thing is silly. Just let people watch the NFL on the weekend and relax and enjoy something that's that's not beating us down with what we hear every single day of the week. We just we don't want that. I don't want to be beaten down with social justice, equality, and fairness during an NFL football game. That's not why I'm tuning in. And for the players, that's not why you're playing. You're you're there on that team to play football. Right. Well, this has provided me a forum. For, uh, go use your forum outside the the football field. Yeah, you, you've 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 been provided this forum on a, a large scale for the last how many every years you played in the NFL, and then whatever you played in, uh, most of them have played in Division One college football, which is mm-hmm. a huge platform. So mm-hmm. we've you've been given this platform. Like like I said a couple minutes ago, use that platform outside of the framework of the game. Yeah, to do whatever you want to do. But Roger Goodell and and oh the gosh. NFL management didn't nip this in the bud. No, they did from not. the beginning, and so they allowed it to fester and become this gigantic thing. <clears throat> Whereas, if at the beginning of the year they would have said, "Look, we don't want to offend. We don't want to offend half of our customer base, but more than half of our fan base." Yes, this is a business, a ten billion dollar a year business. You will not kneel during the uh, national anthem. Period. <clears throat> End of story. And if you do kneel, okay, you're going to be fired. This is a business. We, you, you know, this is not the U.S. government forcing you to uh, do something. This is a private business with customer concerns, and uh, we're trying to make money here. That's what we do. We're trying to make money for everyone involved. Especially you guys. So... You know, they could have taken care of it in the beginning. They sure could have. And Roger tiptoed around it. <clears throat> yeah. This is where we're at. Yep. And all of this nonsense that, oh, it's not about the national anthem. It's not about the military. It's not about patriotism to America. Y- y- tell that to Colin what? Kaepernick, who started this thing. Because according to him, on every occasion he's been asked about it, it is about it the is anthem. About that. Yes. And and I, and I'm and I'm tired of hearing that Colin doesn't uh, you know nobody has afforded him uh, an opportunity to play football. Uh, they have, and part of the deal was is that he wouldn't kneel, come and try out. But if you make the team, you can't kneel. Wasn't acceptable to him. Nope. Okay. No. Yeah. Great. No problem. Right. Stop, stop complaining that you can't get a job then. And yet we continue to hear that it's NFL football team's fault that he's not playing. Right. Somewhere. It's not. It's not their fault. And even if. Even if they're, uh, he is talented enough, he'd make a good backup, even if that's true. And I'm not convinced it is. But, <laughs> but, but let's say it is. 
Let's say he's the greatest backup in the uh, quarterback in the NFL, and if he started, he could take you to the Super Bowl, like uh, Foles did last year for the Eagles. Well, there's still the problem of bringing all of that controversy right to the to, locker room, to the locker room, to your football team, and to the fan base who's going to hate it, and it's going to hurt your bottom line. So, in the interest of your business, you decide it's not worth it. Even though he's a good quarterback, it's not worth it, and I'm not going to hire him. How, how does that not make sense I, to all these players in the NFL? I, I don't have, get it. I don't know. And all I these sportscasters, sportscasters are all going crazy over it, too. When they, when they suggested the 15-yard penalty, they all went nuts because they're all progressives. All these That's sportscasters amazing. on ES, ESPN and Fox Sports and, and uh, Sports Illustrated, they're all progressives. Well, they, you know, and those guys all want the interviews, right? At the, uh, yeah, they they want to be able to yes. go to the locker room, and they want to be able to talk to Colin. Yeah. Uh, yep. So as it is, what is probably going to happen is that the NFL Players Association will just stop this. Yes. And we'll have the kneeling thing again. And it'll probably be bigger than it's ever been. It's really too bad because, you know, I, I love football. I like the NFL. like watching the games. I love the Green Bay Packers. Just don't ram it down with you. I just yeah, want to watch just, football, please. Don't uh, give us a place of refuge. It's interesting to me that they don't understand that. It is. It is. It is interesting that they that hard to believe they don't. They haven't been at least shown a path of look. When you guys play the game, we have this many viewers. We sell this many shirts. We sell this much at the stadiums. This is what we make. Mm -hmm. You know, rough draft. This doesn't have to be exact, but just rough drafts. When you kneel, we only sell this much. Mm -hmm. Now. The difference is what we're going to be paying you. Plus, you have the evidence last year of uh, the decrease in ratings, which we don't know if you can attribute it all to that. No, I mean, they've spread themselves thin, thinner, too, across all platforms. They have, so. they have but still, ratings are down. And maybe that uh, that was a part of it. Maybe that was a part of why. And you've got that evidence to present to the Players Association and say, look, we're not going to lose our fans. No. Stop it. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn this week. Uh, returns on Tuesday after Memorial Day. Uh, you know what a weird situation this uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway's husband thing is? Uh, he is he's been really public uh, in, with his tweeting about his uh, distaste for the president. You've got probably the right-hand person of the president. No, no kidding. She's been there for a long time. And nobody's more loyal than Kellyanne Conway. And I think she'll, she'd say anything for the president. I believe that. And then you've got her husband tweeting out nasty things about him all the time. Huge article about that. That's a tough uh, today. one. Today, That's a really tough one. That's a tough one. Think about that. You you think Trump's okay with that? No way. Absolutely not. And you got to what think, an uncomfortable situation. For I her. know. You got to think that. Uh, I mean that uh, I'm comfortable at work and home now. Yes. Right? Yes. And you would think between the two of them at home, it'd be like, dude. Of course, I don't know if Kellyanne Conway refers to her husband as such. No, she does. She does. She that's does. clear. Yeah, dude, you're making this really tough for me at work. <laughs> Can you stop? And he said, shut up, go cook dinner. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That must be what he said. I he's don't ig- know. He's ignoring it. Just out of concern for your wife. 
You would think. Yes. Okay, yes, I'll back off. Honey. Yes, I just, I'll keep you it would. to myself. I'll keep it to myself. Or I'll talk to my coworkers about it, but I'm not going to share it publicly on Twitter. Right. You know what this would be like? This would be like if my wife, Jackie, hated Glenn. And every day she tweeted about what a fraud Glenn is. Or she yeah. retweeted something about Glenn that was really was negative. Bad. Yeah. Uh, what would that do to uh, my relationship with Glenn? It would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I would think he'd, he'd come to me and he'd say, Pat, what's the deal with Jackie? Clearly. Can you can you talk to her? Well, yeah, I did, but she just won't listen. So he just keeps tweeting about you. Is that a problem? You're going to have to live with it. You're going to have to live with it. I mean, I, I can't control her. And uh, that is a fact. After all, you're an elected her. official. Right. And you know what? I mean, you're a public figure. My wife is a private citizen. She's an American. She's just going to say what she wants about you. Okay? All right. So. <laughs> I mean, can you it. imagine? Be- I, I don't know that you would last very long in this job if that well, happened. I mean, I'm a, Understandably really so. Yes. Now you're talking about. <clears throat> the right-hand person of the president of the United States who's got to get on cable news every day and and talk about his policies and talk, talk truth to power. Yep. <laughs> and defend him yes. and defend him and his policies and the things he says on on Twitter and the investigation with Mueller. And you got to do that every day. And then you've got your husband working against you. Right. Tough situation. Really tough. And it's kind of amazing that Trump hasn't. I don't know. Fired her for it. Has he ever? Has he? It would be ugly to. But you know, you know, it's almost understandable. Uh, I, I that, look, I can't, Kellyanne. I I love you. You've done a great job. But I I can't have your cl- the closest person in your life working against me in my administration right. and really working against you every day. It's a weird thing. Well, I weird. Well, well I I do. Um, I haven't delved into every tweet. No, that President either. Trump has tweeted. No, uh, and 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 by the way, I am not blocked by President Trump. Um, the, well, you can't be constitutionally uh, well, speaking. You can't be, which is a weird ruling I, there too. I'm, I'm con- I know, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm has he tweeted like uh, you know, hey Kelly's wife George, uh, man, he's such yeah, a I, bad guy. I hate him. I or, don't or, you know think I don't so. Think so I don't think so. Which is amazing. I know on his part amazing restraint because he could and he's certainly capable and i'm, and I'm not and i'm surprised he hasn't just to say you know i love kelly yeah kelly does a great job you know try to distance the whole thing but yeah. kelly does a great job but uh you know not everybody picks the right spouse <laughs> i've been through a couple of them myself <laughs> and that'd be so easy for him to do right i guess out of respect for kellyanne he hasn't done it good for him yeah it's i mean he doesn't show a lot of restraint on Twitter. No, he does not. So that's amazing, actually. It's amazing. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Uh, so uh, we have that. We also have the president talking about Spygate and uh, some thoughts that Jake Tapper from CNN had on that. And, of course, uh, we've got the NFL continuing uh, their goofy policies. Uh, they're, you know, actually, they did the right thing, but they didn't put any teeth in it. No. So no, and, and I I hope that it's that it's not too little too late, but it kind of feels like it. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Janet in Florida, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Jeffy. 
Hi, Pat. Hi, Hi Jesse. Hello. Um, just want to get right to the point about the NFL. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed is uh, why haven't we heard anything about all this um, problems and what they're trying to fight against during the offseason? Right, right, from the players. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, they, they split everything, you know, they kneel and they have to make all these statements and everything, but yet when it's their, on their time during off season, you don't hear anything. That's a good point. That is yeah. a, that's an interesting point. And, and they will say that they have been doing that. They just don't get the coverage they get. Right, during they the, have the, which I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Yeah, the coverage the coverage shouldn't mean anything if you're so in, you know if everything that you're fighting against is so important. All right. Get out there and do something about it. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Jen. I appreciate it. Are you telling me if a bunch of NFL players got together on a street corner holding signs and protesting or kneeling on a street corner or whatever, that wouldn't be covered? No, nobody cover it. No, nobody. Nobody'd be interested Ooh, in that story. Nobody would care. <laughs> Sorry, we see that every day. Another uh, NFL player protest over at Fifth and Main. Nah, nah, that's not interesting. I'm just not going to do it. Oh, everybody would cover that. That's, kind of, yeah. that's a great point. Where are you? They could be tweeting about it every day, uh, or once a week, or once a month, or any time during the offseason. I haven't seen any of it. None of it. And every uh, sports show and television morning show across America uh, dies for guests. Despite, no matter you could what, certainly you, go on any no show matter you want. what you're hawking. Mm-hmm. There's time for you. Well, the NFL Network has a morning show. You could go on there uh, and talk and talk about what you uh, believe is social justice. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Hadn't even thought of that. It is. Uh Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. What do you make of the uh, speaking of the president as we were a moment ago? What do you make of the uh, Spygate conspiracy? The oh. FBI infiltrating the Trump campaign with spies. People are calling it Spygate. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm right. <laughs> uh, the president was stopped by the press yesterday, and here's what he's he had to say about it. It's so important. What I'm doing is a service to this country, and I did a great service to this country by firing James Comey. And excuse me, a lot of people have said it, and you go into the FBI. A lot of people have said it. That's what I know. That's what I said. I love that technique of this. (laughs) A lot of people have said it. Well, then it puts it in your mind that, oh, okay, I haven't heard anybody say it, but he has. So a lot of people must be seeing it. And a lot of those great people working in the FBI, they will tell you, I did a great service to our country by firing James Comey. <laughs> we got to continue this because yes. it's... That's uh, good stuff. He's a master at this, and that's why he's in the White House. Uh, 888-727-BECK. So More Pat and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, with Pat and Jeffy this week, 888-727-BECK. We were uh, playing some of President Trump's words yesterday. He had some things to say about the uh, uh, Spygate situation. Yeah. Uh, and about James Comey and, and what's going on with the, you know, the continuing investigations. It's so important. What I'm doing is a service to this country. And I did a great service to this country 
by mm -hmm. firing James Comey. And excuse me, a lot of people excuse have him. said it. And lot you of, go into the. A lot of people have said it. Can you deny that? No. No, you can't. No, you the FBI and a lot of those great people working in the FBI, They've they will it. tell you. They'll tell you. I did a great service <laughs> to our country by firing James Comey. <laughs> See, he's safe there because nobody's going to go into the FBI, like he said. You go into the FBI and, and you ask them and they'll tell you that uh, I did a great service firing James Comey. <laughs> we should book they a trip will. to the FBI office in uh, D.C. <laughs> and... And go into the FBI and say, hey, just by a show of hands, who here believes that uh, President Trump did a great service by firing James Comey? There's reports that that's actually true. Yeah, there are. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. But it's just that, he I know can, that. you can't verify I know that. any of no, those. You you're not going to walk in and do that. Right. I want them all to get together, mm -hmm. and I want them because everybody wants to solve. But a lot of bad things have happened. We now call mm -hmm. it Spygate. You're calling it Spygate. You're calling a lot of bad things have happened. <laughs> You're calling. He's telling the press. You're calling it Spygate. I. Nobody's calling it Spygate except him. No, that they're I know reporting of. on it because, because you he's called calling it, that. it Spygate. It's reminiscent of of this. Unions did, in fact, build the middle class. Right. Yeah. And that built. And here's what right. that did. What'd that do? That built the United States of America as we uh -huh. know it. You know. You notice they always refer to me in the press as middle class Joe. As oh, no. Yeah. No, I've never noticed that, actually. <laughs> Everywhere. The only one that refers to Joe Biden as middle class Joe is <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> so good. So that's so why it's, it's so great that uh, Donald Trump employs that tactic. It does. I'm calling it Spygate. You're calling it Spygate. Uh, am I? Is that what I'm... Is I guess so. He told yeah, me. It's the president, he's, he told me I'm calling it Spygate. Spygate. That's what it is. <laughs> Period. Amazing. Uh, all right. Uh, John in New York. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, guys. Hi. Straight to your point. Trump is beating the media at their own game. CNN every day yells out whatever comes to mind and yeah. sees what'll stick. He's doing the same thing. He's got better. That is and true. <laughs> Yeah, you know yeah, whether we like it or not, half the country agrees on him. Half yep. the country agrees on him. So uh, I, I think that he has done a service. I mean, the, the leadership of the FBI, I think, is dirty. Well, and and uh, appreciate the call, thanks, John. They, there have been articles about yeah. how there was discontent inside the FBI about James Comey. And the, uh, yes, and uh, they also are concerned that the uh, upper echelon has been way too political uh, for the past number of years in, mm -hmm. including who's there now and i know there are reports about uh fbi um uh some fbi detectives or whatever that whatever they're special agents agents special agents um mm -hmm. are want to be asked and subpoenaed by congress so they can testify they want to be that was what's being reported because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to just come out and say it because then if they well, get subpoenaed, then Congress covers the costs. A lot of people are saying they don't want to come right. out and say it. A lot of people are and, saying that. And it's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, you're always hearing people call me positively perfect, Pat. Uh, you're calling me positively perfect. I am. Pat. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of people say it. They say, hey, uh, that there's, Pat there's Gray, positively, positively perfect, perfect Pat. Pat. A lot of people are saying it. So. Wow. <laughs> It's a good tactic. It is a good tactic. And except I don't want to call you positively perfect, Pat. Well, everybody's calling me that. So why wouldn't you? I guess I'll have to start now. <laughs>
no, no problem. Now, there is uh, somebody who's not buying into this, Jake Tapper. We've talked oh, about wow. Jake Tapper a lot. He's To me, he's a really good journalist. I think, though, he's uh, somewhat irritated with the president. He did a monologue that was uh, pretty biting. President Trump pushing a brand new conspiracy theory, one seemingly grounded more in suspicions and his desire for a counter-narrative than it is based on established facts. Tweeting in one of his five tweets today on the subject of this confidential FBI source who spoke with at least three Trump campaign members in 2016, quote, Spygate could be one of the biggest political scandals in history. And this afternoon, the president went on to say this. All you have to do is look at the basics and you'll see it looks like a very serious event. Well, we have looked at the basics. What we know is this. The FBI Uh conducting a counterintelligence investigation in 2016 into whether Russians were trying to influence the election or just what they were up to sent a confidential FBI source to speak with members of the Trump campaign. U.S. officials tell CNN that that source was not planted within the campaign. He wasn't a campaign staffer, as far as we know. There's obviously a lot we don't know. But there's no evidence as of now that this was done for political purposes, as the president is alleging. We're told that the FBI was trying to figure out just what the Russians were up to and whether they were getting help from any Americans. Uh, That makes sense. Now, how tough would it be to find out whether or not this guy was part of the campaign? You should absolutely have access to that. Look for is his name on the campaign roster? Was there was he was he paid by the campaign? That should be easy to find out. So why haven't we now? I don't know. I mean, what, if the guy just interviewed campaign staffers, that's not a spy within the. Uh, no, and did they Trump do campaign. other interviews with the Hillary Clinton campaign? You know, because they were concerned about the uh-huh. Russians in the in the campaign, right? I'm yeah, that's it's a good question. Just wondering, it's a good question. Now, while we await the investigation into this matter by journalists and by the Justice mm-hmm. Department Inspector General, it's worth remembering that while we're sticking to the facts and telling you just what we know. President Trump apparently has no such constraints since he simply makes stuff up. He frequently (laughs) lies and has a long and well-documented career engaging in conspiracy theories about all manner of subjects with no concrete evidence ever provided. Just a small sampling for years, he perpetuated the myth that President Obama wasn't born in the United States. True. He's got a point there. He's claimed with no evidence he saw thousands of Muslims on TV Hmm. celebrating 9-11 on rooftops in New Jersey. Now, I think what happened there was he conflated that with the Middle East, where there were thousands of Muslims cheering. It did happen. That happened in the Palestinian territories. There's documented evidence of that. Didn't happen in New Jersey, perhaps, but it did happen in the Middle East. No evidence of that. He bizarrely suggested Senator Ted Cruz's father might have been involved in the assassination of JFK. Okay, there's no defense on that one. There's just no defense. He wasn't on that president one. here, though. He what? This is during the campaign. Well, right. Yeah, yes, yeah, so. that was during the campaign. Nope. You get to say what Explained you want. Explained his popular vote loss by blaming three to five illegal votes. Again, zero evidence for this. He pushed a conspiracy theory that MSNBC host Joe Scarborough was somehow involved in the tragic death of one of his staff members. Again, well, now wait a minute. <laughs> Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not get hasty no, and just not. dismiss that one Perhaps out of hand. We need to dig a little bit deeper on that, <laughs> let's, Jake. Let's look into how a 26-year-old girl fell out of her chair and died. Let's look into that, uh, shall we? Okay. Zero evidence. He said that former President Obama had his wires tapped in Trump Tower. No evidence of that either. I could go on, but this is just an hour show. 
we should get mm -hmm. to the bottom of the FBI's counterintelligence investigation into Russian election interference and whether anything was done improperly by law enforcement as well as those who are guilty of whatever they might be guilty of. The FBI is certainly not above criticism and without question there needs to be a healthy and robust oversight of the intelligence agencies, but that's not what the president is pushing for here. He's focused on propelling a counter-narrative to try to undermine the special counsel investigation. It's a, a fable in which he is the victim, and law enforcement officials are the bad guys. The president frequently seeks to undermine those who look to undercover uncomfortable facts about him. Uh, this week, for example, 60 Minutes correspondent Leslie Stahl revealed that then-candidate Donald Trump told her during an off-camera conversation she had with him in the summer of 2016, Stahl says she asked Donald Trump why he continues to attack the press, and according to her, this was his response. He said, you know why I do it? I do it to discredit you all and demean you all so when you write negative stories about me, no one will believe you. Mm. Chilling, really. Oh, and yet wholly unsurprising. True. And the president is now doing the same thing with special counsel Robert Mueller and the Justice Department and the FBI. And as this new counter-narrative is being born, one that is being repeated already by the president's obedient supporters on the Hill and his vassals in conservative media, we here will continue digging for the truth despite this bombardment mm. of falsehoods. CNN's Jeff Zeleny now picks up our coverage on yeah, this okay, issue. We, we don't need to pick up the coverage on, no. on the decision. But uh, if the Leslie Stahl thing is true, that's a problem. Oh, oh, and and we're just taking her word for it, though. I know. But, I don't know. And sadly, it does sound like it would be true, though. Well, it sounds like he, something he would say, but yes. we don't know that he did say right. it. And for her to just blurt that out, well, was that in a conversation where you were recording? Uh, was he on camera? Let's see it. Let's I see the evidence. It difficult to believe Leslie wasn't recording when she was around the president. I know. I do too. Uh, so you're a 60 Minutes reporter. You must have had that on, uh, on well, not on tape, but on some digitized form of uh, recording. Right, right. So where is it? Let's see it. And the wiretap stuff. I mean, you know that they. While I don't think I think that's been proven that it wasn't. Uh, they weren't listening to him directly, but. They had other people that they were listening to, right? So that mm -hmm. if you were to talk with them, then you were involved in that. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, I know that it wasn't, you know, technically he wasn't being listened to. And, but. and I know that, you know, ardent President Trump supporters get, get upset with us when we even consider some of this stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I think we've always called it as we've seen it here. I do. And, and when he does good things. We say he's done good things, and when he doesn't do good things, we we mention that too. You know, if if you're going to praise him, no matter what he does, as some do, as Jake Tapper pointed out in the conservative media, some do. That no matter what he does, they praise it. Whether that's uh, making a trillion dollars more debt in a week, or you know, appointing. Uh, Judge Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. One's good, one's really bad. And and you're just defending all of it? Well, that's kind of like a baseball umpire who's decided in advance before the game starts that because he likes the pitcher on the mound, he's going to call every single pitch a strike. Uh, is that fair? No. No. You just you got to call it as, as you as you see it. But I'd like to see the proof of the Leslie Stahl thing. I'd like to see if she's got that on uh, on tape, because that would be interesting. Yes, it would. And I'd like to revisit the Joe Scarborough. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jeffy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's Pat and Jeffy for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Jeffy this week for Glenn. Uh, this is sad news. This is disappointing. Okay. Uh, President Trump wrote a letter to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un saying that their planned summit next month in Singapore has been canceled. Oof. He wrote, uh, sadly, based on the tremendous anger and open hostility displayed in your most recent statement, I feel it's inappropriate at this time to have this long planned meeting. So it's off. I'm, yeah, it's I'm not sure to to what uh, statement he was referring. I don't know if I've heard one that openly hostile. I'm not sure. I know that he was talking about uh, you know not giving up the nuke program and everything, but he also uh, goes on in this letter to say, you talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful that I pray to God they will never have to be used. <laughs> So he's just, he gets his dig in like every time he gets his dig in like, uh, Hey Kim, yeah. uh, don't, don't push me. Right. <laughs> My dog's bigger than your dog. Right. A lot bigger. <laughs> uh, we've got a great Dane. You have a Chihuahua. So, so, I mean, I pray I don't have to let him. <laughs> I was, I mean, this would have been great. No kidding. Can, no kidding. Maybe it can happen some other time. And, and look, and he he's allude, not closing the door to. No, that. he did not close the door at all. He alludes to that uh, completely. So you know, it could still happen. And China might make that happen with Kim. I mean, Kim's got to. He's got to step up, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, amazing how quickly this went south. First of all, went south in the beginning, turned around almost 180 degrees. Right around the Olympics, when North Korea was uh, really reaching out to South Korea. And South Korea has always wanted that. So they were welcoming it. And they sent representatives to the games. And then after the games, there was more conciliatory talk. And then Kim Jong-un met with uh, Moon Jae-in from South Korea. And they had a decent conversation on the demilitarized zone. They were talking about ending the Korean War, finally. Officially. Yeah. Now, obviously, the the actual action stopped a while ago, but it's <clears throat> it's never been officially ended Think with treaty, and they and they were talking about doing that, and then the summit was set up. I mean, that was we had some serious momentum for peace. Yeah, there. we did. And then he got mad. That's right. He got mad because we were having our uh, ac- military, military exercises. exercises, and we were coming yeah. together with them. And he yeah. was trying. He's trying to play with the big boys, right? That's why you know yeah. President Trump had to remind him that. Uh, that our dog's bigger than yours. Thank you. And not because it eats kennel ration. It's because... No. Remember those commercials, by the way? My no. dog's bigger than your dog. No, of course not. No, you man, that's because so long ago. Your grandfather might, right? Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. It's Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn this week. Uh, thanks for joining us on, on the show at noon Eastern, immediately following uh, this show. You can join me for my own show, Pat Gray Unleashed, blazeradio.com, iHeartRadio app, Blaze Radio and TV Network every weekday, uh, starting at noon Eastern. 727 back. Something kind of fun uh, coming up this summer. A lot. <laughs> a lot of classic rock 
tours. I knew you were going to be able to not talk about this. I, I, yeah, I can't help but talk about this. <laughs> I knew you were thinking. <laughs> Just, I, I mean, this we, hits you right where you live. It does. We started we started scrolling through this earlier, and it's just like, well, you know, that would be bad. That would be all right. All of these would be, uh, no, just about all of them, would be fantastic. James Taylor and Bonnie Raitt are, t- are touring this summer. I don't know that I could take James, though. Oh, I like James Taylor. I'm not a I know, Bonnie but he's going to speak. Oh, that's true. If he if I mean, starts John, injecting John Kerry politics, might be there. I would not want to see it. Would not want to. John Fogarty and ZZ Top will be together. Yeah. Uh, Steve Miller and Peter Frampton. Wow. Oh, that'd be great. Wow. Love to see that. I would love to see Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. That'd be a good show. What's great about the Doobie Brothers, too, is that uh, two out of the three lead singers are with the band again, Tom Johnston and Patrick Simmons. Still, though, no Michael. No Michael McDonald. And Walter Becker is gone from Steely Dan. Yeah, he died. And they, you know, Donald Fagan's going to be touring with them, but right. it's, not the, you know, it's not exactly the same. I think one of their sons tours with Steely Dan now, with, with, Walt, with okay. uh, Fagan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Beck and Paul Rogers from Free and Bad Company. That wouldn't be bad to see. No, it wouldn't. And Jeff's always been great. Paul Rogers was was touring with Queen for a while, which would have been interesting to see. Uh, one, I'm, I've already got tickets to Def Leppard and Journey. Ugh, That's coming I to the do DFW. Do you don't like Def Leppard and Journey? Not really. I, I I didn't think I could lose any more respect for you than I already have, but no, it just happened. I it gar- just happened. I guarantee We're that you can. We're into negative respect now. I guarantee you can. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind that you can. Yeah, we're definitely into negative territory. That's for sure. Holland Oats and Train. Now, Train's not exactly classic rock, but no. I, I like Train. I, Holland really Oats good. is good, though. And I mean, Holland I, Oats is I great. I remember seeing them, Love them once a long time ago. They were put on a great show. Rod Stewart, Cindy Lauper. If you're lost, you can look and, and you'll find her uh, time after time. time. She's right there. And uh, so, like, if you get lost in the wilderness, you just look. And there's Cindy Lauper, and she'll lead you out of there. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why more people don't do that when they get lost. Because she's always said, you look and you find her. Chicago and Ario Speedwagon. Riding the storm out, baby. That might be a good show, actually. Except for, they're, you know, without Peter Satira. I know. Chicago's a tough one now. I know. I, I just saw them on. Have you ever watched uh, Axis TV? Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. yeah, they always have the classic yeah, bands yeah. on their pl- live performances. They had Chicago on, and uh, I was interested interested to see if Robert Lamb still had his voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It is hard. It's tough. You know, he's in his seventies now. That's right. really hard. It's hard. T- how long they've been touring on the road between everything else and then to let alone life. Right. Uh, yeah, that's tough. Really hard. Uh, U2. Biggest show. Paul Simon. Ringo Starr. I would. I always wanted to see Paul Simon. Did you ever see him? Did you ever I see have him? not. No, I was, I'm, I was I'm not a huge Paul I, Simon I know. I, I like a lot of his stuff, though, and I would like to see him. Uh, Robert Plant. Uh, Jeff Lynn's ELO. That might be that worth, might be I, worth a look. Oh, my gosh. I'd give any. I'd, I'd pay almost anything to see ELO. The Eagles. Love to see them, too. Uh, and now Glenn Fry, you know who we lost Glenn Fry too. His son Deacon is part of the band, so he I think he sings the Glenn Fry songs like "Take It Easy" and all those. And Vince Gill is doing some of the touring with them too. Wow, yeah, yeah that's a, that seems like a strange fit. It does, but he might be able to pull it off though. Ozzy Osbourne coming? I know my son wants to see Ozzy bad. My youngest son, because they're going to be in Dallas. One of the tour dates is in Dallas. We got to go see Ozzy. Uh, he doesn't 
bite the heads off doves anymore, but he does take a bite of a dove candy bar now. Because, uh, but I'm his, all about his that. dentures can't get all the way through the bar. I know I, so I, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how they how they just walk him out on stage and say, "Okay, here you are. You're in this uh-huh. city. Go." Uh huh. I know. Seriously, does he even know where he is? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and I if guess, he does, I that's think amazing. He does. It's amazing. I, if he does. I think he does from time to time. Roger Daltrey touring without wow. the Who. Good luck with that, Roger. Oh, Michael Neesmith and Mickey Dolans from the Monkees. You know, David Jones Might is gone fun. now. Uh, Leonard Skinner, their surviving members. Uh, wow. Steven Tyler. I think he's doing a country. He's, he he's is. touring for his country album that he did a couple of years ago. This is about, it's about, they were talking on here that it's about a month long. It's not really a big tour. It's, he's just he's just going out and performing his country stuff for a few dates uh, yeah. in the summer. But uh, I like Stephen Tyler. I do too. I, I kind of I like, do. Too. I love might, Aerosmith. It might be worth going just for the fun of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Alice Cooper, and on some of those shows, Ace Frehley from Kiss will wow. Open. So that'd be fun. And here's those. Here's the worst part of going over this list. No, you don't need to talk about that. We found this list <laughs> on the AARP website. <laughs> uh, the so bad. Association I'm looking at, for retired Americans. I'm looking at uh, uh, the Chris Cuomo mm-hmm. story about uh, him moving to prime time. Yeah, and I look along the side, you know, as the side ads of the website, whatever website I was reading in, and I see, oh, nostalgia tour, and I click on it, it's AARP. Oh man, <laughs> what are you doing to me? That hurts. That hurts. I shouldn't have clicked on it because now all I'm going to see is AARP ads. I know. Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'm not a supporter of AARP. With their, <laughs> but you can with get discounts. Their big progressive agenda that they, you know, the. <laughs> I know. I wonder how they feel about Obamacare that they helped drive down our Ooh. throats. Now, how you feel now? You like that? Idiots. Right. Idiots. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. So we've mentioned a couple of things uh, this morning. The uh, NFL kneeling rule. They've they've actually stated now that it's against the rules to kneel, and there'll be some penalties for it, but not like a fifteen yard penalty. But you'll probably pay a fine. Somebody will. Uh, also, uh, the Donald Trump Spygate thing still continues to uh, brew, and uh, the North Korean summit has been canceled. President sent a letter to Kim Jong Un saying, uh, "Yeah, because of your rhetoric, rhetoric, it's not appropriate to meet right now." That's, that's really sa- actually it's it's sad news. Yeah, yeah disappointing. It's, it's disappointing. Than sad, but it, I just, <clears throat> I really want. For some reason, I don't know why. I've always, I felt good about that actually happening. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I did too. Uh, also, some sad news. The Iranian leader, who is uh, the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has said that the United States will lose in any matchup with Iran, just like the cat in Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ah. A hip reference. You know, you talk about a pop culture aficionado. <laughs> You gotta talk. You're talking to Ali Khamenei. I mean, everybody knows Tom and Jerry, though. Are they just now getting our 50 year old cartoons? Possible. It's possible. So he's catching up on the hip factor a little bit. It's possible. <laughs> I just found that really weird. Like, kind of weird. The cat weird and reference. Tom and Jerry. Right. Although I will say it's a reference that everyone knows, right? <laughs> I guess I, I, everybody I, I, over 40, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
He yes. said the U.S. has tried various political, economic, military, and propaganda undertakings to hit the Islamic Republic throughout its four decades. The nation's top religious leader told the gathering, uh, but all of these plots failed. Like the famous cat in Tom and Jerry, <laughs> they will lose again. That I is mean, weird. They've got to start picking a fight or whatever because they've got the uprisings <laughs> and some very unhappy people in their country. And, yeah. and we didn't. T- we we did not take advantage of that. No, back we did in not. Two thousand nine, when Obama had the chance to encourage, you know, and a, he should an have he encouraged he everybody else. He should have. He could have. We, we could have maybe overthrown uh, that oppressive government at the time. And it doesn't seem like we're taking the opportunity this time either. So we'll see. Maybe we will. Uh, but uh, so far, it's kind of quiet it on has. the Iranian and, and, front. And if we would have acted on it during Obama, we would have missed the Tom and Jerry reference, though. So, I mean, so it was almost worth it uh, to yeah, just kinda, leave it alone, so we could get <laughs> that. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, another big story from the UN: um, the world is facing an obesity challenge. Your, you? your, your thoughts on that, Jeffy? I could couldn't disagree more. It's not a challenge. I'll tell you that. It isn't a challenge to become obese. It's no. really easy. It's really easy. Here's the thing, though. You know, there. if the world is getting too fat, isn't that a good thing? It's supposed to be, right? I mean, because of capitalism, instead of starving to death, instead of distended stomachs and emaciated bodies, uh, people now have so much food that they're actually overweight. That seems better to me. The World Health Organization and the United Nations, uh, they, they run this... They slam this story down our throats a couple of times a year, at least uh-huh. once a year. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to, I bet you attached somewhere in that story, and I don't have it in front of me, but I bet you somewhere in that story, they go, they link to, let's all eat bugs uh, for health and uh, mm-hmm. and purposes so that people are, are less obese and it's for our health purposes because they are they are cramming us to eat bugs I can help them out with that and just say no. I'm not going to ever do that. I'm not going to do that. As long as there are uh, alternatives to eating bugs, I'm going to take them. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even even if it leads to diabetes, I'm still going to eat food that I like and not turn to bugs. So you might as well not even worry about it. I mean, it... Glenn Beck Mercury. Pat Gray, Jeffy... Glenn, triple eight seven two seven back. Uh, the court that ruled uh, in the case of the parents trying to kick their son out of their house, the thirty-year-old son, uh, they they ruled that he has to go. He's uh, he's appealing the case. Hateful court against this young man. This poor child. This Thank poor thirty-year-old. <laughs> child unable to find employment who doesn't have a job struggling i guess he he cooks his own food uh and does his own laundry what's the problem these mean mean parents yes uh you know at the tender age of 30 want him out of their house (laughs) how dare they So he was on CNN yesterday and uh, was interviewed. It, it's interesting. Uh, the guy's got some issues. Because it's my understanding you've lived, you know, at your parents' house, <laughs> rent free for eight years, and I know you do your Whoa. own laundry, you buy your own food, mm-hmm. but they See? asked you. 
five times. Please move out. Why couldn't you guys resolve this without the court? Yeah. I would consider uh, much of uh, mm-hmm. what they were doing to try to get me out as a tax and what I was hmm. trying to, I was just, uh, you know, res- was, uh, you were uh, uh, you, uh, trying to preserve, uh, well, trying to do what's best for me, which is just, you know, <laughs> let's try to be a little more reasonable. Right. Right. Oh, there there you go. Right. That- so he stumbles over it a little bit because what he's trying to say here is I didn't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. The best for me. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> it was easy for me to stay. Believe so. I don't like living here, uh-huh. oh. Um, oh, but I need no. you know I need reasonable time and uh, needs a little time. As an example of this, the first um, he just needs a little time. It's only been eight years. He's only been there since I guess after he graduated from college. Did he? Uh, I I don't even know because apparently there was a space between when they raised him and uh, when he came back to live at home. Wasn't it reported that he even? I mean, he had a. A wife and a kid, or was it? Oh, just that's a right. Kid, yes, right? he got a yeah, divorce, he did. right? Because they broke yes. up, and then she got he lost, custody. He lost custody right. of the child. Yeah, you can't be notice expected to have your own place once you lose custody. <laughs> no, of the you child. Can't. No, you can't. No. The February second notice mm-hmm. was basically, you have fourteen days before you're outside in the winter weather. Well, yeah, but see, no. what you do is you get a different place so that you're inside. No, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I know <laughs> two weeks is like a minute and a half to this guy, but. Uh, so the first thing I did when I got that was I, uh-huh. uh, I tried to I made sure that that wasn't going to happen. I, I contacted yeah. the police department. I said, "Is this something that's you know that this could happen?" That's embarrassing, right there. Okay, so your parents said, "Hey, you need to get out in about two weeks." Okay, so it goes to the police department. Hey, can this happen? Can, can can this happen? Can they kick me out of their house within two weeks? And they're like, "No, you can. You just call really? us." Really? That they can't do that. And I said, and I was like, "All right." Wait a minute. Parents can't kick their kid out of their house. Police can stop that? I don't believe that. I don't know. Let check that again. Maybe that's a local law where uh, you could stay with your parents indefinitely? I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's got you know, maybe squatter's rights. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And um, I'm listening to you. I, I really am. But <laughs> let me just understand. Because okay. I, I hear you on your parents giving you notices. The fact mm-hmm. that you were on national television talking about moving out of your parents' house. You tell me you want right. to move out of your parents' house. Move out. Why don't right. you just move out of your parents' house? <laughs> like, tomorrow. Uh, I don't uh, have the means to do that tomorrow. Okay. So. Do you have a job? Uh, no. No. Uh, no. no. Well, here's a here's a little helpful hint. Maybe you cut your hair. Now, should you have to do that? Um, we could debate that if you want. Uh, you whether will. whether shoulder length or or uh, middle of the back length, long hair on a man is detrimental to getting a job, uh, and whether it should be. We all know it is, but should it be? Well, yeah. If an employer wants you to cut your hair or, or does you know wants you to look a certain way. Uh, if you're going to be interacting with customers or clients or whatever, they can tell you to do that. I mean, if you expect an employer to treat you uh, like you can do anything you want, go be part of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> They'll let exactly. you have a beard and long hair. Yeah, and, they will. Well, and they sure will. And you can you can kneel down. And you know what? You mm-hmm. can continue to live in your parents' house because you'll be gone a few months <laughs> during the year. <laughs> it's a good suggestion. Thank you. Yeah. Apply at the uh, NFL head Thank office. Thank you. Just go to, just go to, I, think the, right. I think you can fill out an application at the NFL.com. I, like I could that. be wrong. Yeah. 888-727-BECK. Uh, Scott in Ohio. 
You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi. 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 Uh, I was just uh, about to spy gate with Trump. Um, why is these uh, FISA judges not having their feet held to the fire for accepting these lame uh, applications for these FISA warrants? Nobody never mentions about these judges. If I was one of them judges, I'd be furious. I'd, I'd, I'd call it back and say, hey, you, can, you can't use that no more. I don't know if they can do that or not, but that's my. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, we never talk about the FISA judges. Uh, appreciate the call, Scott. Um, and frankly, I, I don't know that much about the rules for the FISA judges because it's a special court. It's a special thing that was set yeah. up to, to deal with uh, terrorism. And normally when they set up special deals, those, are get, mm-hmm. those get set up because they do the things that the, uh, that the government officials like. Exactly. And, and they're normally extra constitutional. Yeah. Or, or, or just outside of the Constitution a little bit. Is that is that extra constitutional? <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Just uh-huh. outside of the Constitution. Uh, yeah. Is extra constitutional. Y- yes. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mark in Pennsylvania, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, hey guys, I hey. just wanted to tell you about uh, why Tom and Jerry is so popular in the Middle East. Okay, with like the uh, the Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei. Exactly. Hmm. Um, it's uh, be, uh, when I was over there. Uh, I learned this. I never even dreamed of it. But uh, you know, cartoons that don't have any uh, talking in them. You know, they don't have any dialogue. Oh, they yeah. don't need to translate them. Right. So those cartoons are on. Tom and Jerry is on, like over in Iraq. It was over on all the time on TV. It's like all <laughs> they have really? to watch. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. So hmm. to him, that's probably a very hip reference. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Which, uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, which tells you how pathetic uh, that country is. <laughs> Why? Is it like Tom and Jerry? Wow. It's a 78-year-old cartoon. <laughs> Hello? Is it really 78? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 78 years ago that came out. Wow. I think by the time you and I were growing up, that was, it was already long done. into reruns. Yeah, done. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn. 888-727-BECK. Let's go to Charlie in Idaho. Hey, Charlie, you're on the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, guys. Hi. Sorry to call you so late. Happy happy Stormy Daniels Day. (laughs) Thank you. Is it Stormy Daniels Day? It can be. (laughs) I think think it was yesterday in Hollywood. Oh, okay. All right. I missed the celebration. Yeah. But my my reason for calling is because I don't know if you guys hear me yelling at the radio constantly. I was just telling that I wish he would shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I got a pretty loud voice. But, you know, all this stuff started back when Donald Trump became the nominee. And people are not remembering that he was never going to become president. Right. Mm-hmm. This was all truthfully Obama's revenge against Donald Trump. And when Hillary became president, this was the way all these investigations and all these little plots, this was the way that Obama was going to get back at Trump and ruin his name and his empire. It had nothing to do with delegitimizing the president because he was never going to be president. Yeah, they didn't believe so. 
Yeah. So you so you believe they were spying on him so they could use something uh, once Hillary became president? I mean, come on. Obviously, Obama had. Oh, just like Trump can't stand Obama, Obama can't stand Trump. Oh, I think that's there's true. There's no way in the world. There's no way in the world that this, this that yeah. all this stuff that was going on was not known by Obama, and nobody wants to call him out because he's the Messiah. Right. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, that's a pretty good point. Excellent point. Uh, definitely something to consider. Uh, Danny in North Carolina, welcome. Hello. Hey, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to comment on this thirty-year-old idiot. Um, <laughs> I, ain't saying, I ain't saying great things about me, but I was, in like seventy-five. I left home. I was fifteen years old. I went down to visit my dad in South Carolina from Virginia, and uh, next thing you know, I was. Uh, had a job and had a little small, little one-bedroom mobile home. I was paying rent on going to work every day. And uh, I was always taught to work ethics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just can't understand uh-huh. today's society how we got so far. I mean, we've had other things in, in you know, like 60s and 70s idiots. But yeah. like nowadays, it's, 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 it's everybody's looking for something. Give me this. Give me that. Definitely. So I've worked all my, all my life. I mean, I've worked since I was 13 years old, and that's a fact. And uh, uh, I just can't see these idiots sitting up here, how foolish he, he looks. And Lord forgive me for saying that word, but uh, he's sitting here on t- national TV and, and trying to make himself look like he's I don't think he up. cares. He's, he's, no, he's not a grown-up. No. He's a punk. Yeah, he's a and, punk. and he's got no shame. Thanks, Danny. Because no, you, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't do this if you have any shame. Yeah. No, you, you can't. It's too embarrassing to you. I mean, we talked yesterday. I mean, we, we've all worked since we were, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was just a, a thing. You know what? That's what you did. And you wanted to be on your own. So you didn't have the arm of your parents telling you, uh, you know, when, when, and when you can't go. And obviously he doesn't have that. He just wants the comfort zone of the house. Yeah, and it still doesn't make any sense. To, I mean, I would rather live in, as proven by you know, life. I would rather live in an apartment by myself with milk crates that have that. Just too much entitlement. Now he believes he's entitled to live at his parents' house. He's probably entitled to uh, just sponge off his parents for the rest right. of his life. <laughs> just, right. You know, and then well, he gets said, Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. went to the police. They can't do that, can they? <laughs> Are you kidding <laughs> me? So embarrassing. Did the police say, look, uh, uh, dude, how old are you, kid? Get out of here. Uh, 30. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Hanging up now. Uh, Mike in Maine, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, Jeff. Hey. Nice talking with you. You too. I'm, I'm glad you're feeling a lot better. Um, this 30-year-old guy, um, he should do what my parents did, just change the locks on the house. His parents just change the locks on the house. He's got to go at some at some point go yeah. grocery shopping or <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, so your dad changed the locks on your house to keep you out, or what? Yeah, pretty much. Wow, wow. And so it was just you just realized, oh, okay. So no, now- at, at the time the feelings were mutual. I didn't want to be there, and he didn't want me back. So yeah, that's- yeah. Wow! Still, it. <laughs> it's <laughs> apparently turned out okay, though. You you handled it. You dealt with it. It's tough, love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. It's yeah. all good. Thanks, Mike. Uh, this guy, though, 
he, he claims that he doesn't want to be there. He claims he'd rather be somewhere else. But he's making no effort. Right. Doesn't have a job. And isn't you working toward that. Could guarantee that if they changed the locks, he'd sleep on the porch until they let him in. Guaranteed. Definitely. I think so too. I, absolutely. There's or no break way, in. There's no way he he right thinking, break a window and get in. That his key doesn't. You know, something was wrong with the key. It didn't work. <laughs> you have to fix that front window. Uh, Joe in Ohio, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Uh, yeah, I wonder if Trump canceled the uh, summit with North Korea so that he could avoid any embarrassment if they canceled it first. The same as uh, when he uninvited the yeah. uh, Golden State Warriors to come out after their championship when they were hemming and hawing about whether or not they would go. He just went ahead and said, well, don't come at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like the Steph Curry thing. You're not invited uh, thanks, anyway. Joe. I'm not going to go. Well, take you, you back to you. You, you, we're, You're uninvited anyway. And it might be something like that's that. That's not a bad. That's not a bad call. Yeah. And, and you look, I kind of understand it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not slamming him for that, even if that's true. Um, before the you know pulling out first, because except that you would hope that it would still take place, right? Mm-hmm. So it only if if this is the if that's the case, then you got to figure that we knew in a, you know we knew today that. Uh, he was Kim was going to pull out, and they might. Right, they might have. I mean, obviously, they've got more information than we do. So right. maybe it was just inevitable that this was going to happen. So he he did it first. Beat him to the punch, and that you yeah, know, that's possible. Yeah, and and he well, he definitely would have tried to beat him to the punch either way. You just got to hope that we already knew that it was a done deal. Right, uh, David in Virginia, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey guys, hey. Uh, I'm law enforcement here in Virginia, and. Um, I just wanted to pass a little bit of information yeah. on. It's kind of a sad situation, but uh, in Virginia, that 30-year-old would have some legal protection. Uh, I don't really know where this is because I'm not familiar with the story, but if... It's uh, in New York. New York, yeah. yeah. So that, Virginia, being a commonwealth, it's got a little bit of a different circumstance because we're case law, <clears throat> and there's case law that establishes that if he's providing like groceries and uh, having some of his own property and stuff like that, and he's been there for a period of time, uh, he's established residency and the parents yeah. have allowed it. So wow. as the cops here, that's that we get rights. that call for service. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. We'd get mm. that call for service and we'd have to hang our heads and tell the parents that they've got to go through the eviction process on him, which, I mean, it just affords them and him a legal means to do it without getting antsy and they could just bounce him out, but they have to do do it through the courts and then spend the money. Which is what but they yeah, did. Right. Well, yeah. and see, when we showed up, we would definitely be hanging our heads and looking at him like he's a, a moron. But <laughs> but there would know, be nothing you to, could do. No, nothing. Right. Uh, and it's aggravating as hell. And how long do they normally have? Do they have, to, I mean, to get out? Once the in eviction Virginia, process starts, how long do they have? Oh, no. Once the court rules the eviction, he has, uh, I believe, it's 72 hours to remove his stuff. And then if it's not done, they contact the sheriff's department, and the sheriff's department actually removes his stuff. That's an interesting process. It's, wow. uh, that's when you drive past the house and you see people's stuff in the lawn. Yeah, just the big stuff out there, yeah. Yep, experience that. Yeah, thanks, David. In, in Texas, we, we have that, too. It's, I think it is a squatter's law. Yeah. And uh, in my neighborhood... We, there was, um, when we first moved into it, there was a family that everybody in the neighborhood knew about and talked about that they hadn't paid their mortgage in two years. And they'd been, the bank was trying to get them out. 
And it took them over two years to get them out. And then finally, they got whatever judgment they needed to get. And uh, one day, where you're driving through the neighborhood, heading heading to home, and every single thing in the house was out on the lawn waiting for them. Two years, though. Two years. Yeah, two years over they two lived years. there for free. And you got to believe, never wound up uh, making those payments. No way. Because the bank then took uh, control of it and auctioned it off. Uh, but it was interesting to drive past that house and see, you know, all the furniture, all the clothes, absolutely everything they owned just piled up outside. The sheriff's department must have come and just uh, moved them out. Wow. Bye-bye. Change the locks. Get out. Right. Uh, but, I mean, but yeah, they got two years out of it for free. Right. For and, free. And you'd, think, you'd think that they, if they were doing that, which kind of goes against common sense but if they were doing that you'd think that they'd be smart enough to realize that time's up and let's not have their stuff end up out on the curb right yeah unless you're prepared for it and then you're just going to ride that all the way till it's on the lawn then okay now we'll get a u-haul and leave i that's I, true i don't know that's true i mean it's pretty amazing again no shame how do you how how do you just allow that to happen in your life i i wouldn't I couldn't deal with that chaos. I couldn't deal with the uncertainty. But maybe, you know, people who live that way are fine with it. They're yeah. just, they're comfortable living in that environment. That would, uh, I'd have an ulcer. I, I'd, I'd, I'd have a heart attack. Well, but, but you'd have a heart attack because see, you would be actually trying to work out where you yeah, were back. Figure out it and uh, keeping it. Where's or, my family going to be? Move or whatever. Uh-huh. And, you know. They already know. Mm-hmm. They're going to be here until their stuff's in the front yard. Then they'll find maybe some other abandoned house. Right. Move into that. Uh, maybe that's what they did. I don't know. Triple eight seven two seven beck Wait a minute. What, what, <laughs> that's all you got to do? I think so. I think that's about it. Nice. Uh, more of the Glenn Beck program coming up. Glenn Beck. It's Pat Gray and Jeffy for Glenn this week. By the way, at noon Eastern, right after this show wraps up, you can join me for my own show, Pat Gray Unleashed, on the BlazeRadio.com, iHeartRadio app, uh, Blaze Radio and Television Network. Is that just today? Or? That's every weekday, uh, noon Eastern, beginning at wow. noon Eastern. Yeah, yeah, right. I bet you that show's, you know, not bad. Yeah, it's uh, many people, <laughs> in the words of Donald Trump, a lot of people are saying it's the greatest show ever done. A lot of people are saying it. I mean, I mean you guys are. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm not saying it, but a lot of guys are saying it. You're saying it. <laughs> You've said it. I have said it. You know, I and so. I it about uh, who, am I to, who am I to argue with you? I, I'm So. <laughs> and by the way, we get you to work or home or wherever you're on your way with traffic and weather together every five minutes on the fours. That's what makes it. That's, that's one of the one things thing, that the makes show. the show. So, uh, And we do that for you. Yeah, as a special added service. And no matter where your local market is, uh, 888-727-BECK. Let's go to Al in Florida. Al, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, you know, I'm talking, you were talking about the NFL folks kneeling. Mm-hmm. Well, when you go to church, you kneel down to honor who you're, who you're praying to. When you go before the queen, you kneel down because you're honoring the queen. Even when you make you propose... You kneel down to mm-hmm. your to your sweetheart to propose to her. So these folks don't get it. What they're doing is they're kneeling down when they're actually honoring the flag. 
you know, I'm the Vietnam veteran, and that irks me so bad. I'd like to go on the field and whack them all. But, you know, I wish somebody would tell them what they're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, certainly they don't mean it that way. No, and, and I... It's a sign of disrespect. I've heard a Thanks couple. So. I've heard a couple of uh, of arguments uh, along those same lines uh, that mm-hmm. you just had, and and they've all poo pooed that because it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's not what we're doing. So I don't, you know, you're not going to do. I mean, look, they they already know it's affecting uh, the way the fans look at them, mm-hmm. look at their team, look at their product. They don't care. Think of their product, they and it care. doesn't matter to them. So telling them mm-hmm. that they're, what they're doing is exactly opposite what they should be doing is not going to matter to them. Either. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Brad in Indiana, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, um, I'm a 30-year-old. I've heard a lot of parents calling in, and, uh, you know, my folks were gracious enough to allow me to live with them when I was going through the recession right out of college, working for my dad. Um, he said it was part of a perk living in the basement, but uh, the day I decided to start moving, I haven't heard this option yet for this young man in, uh, I think it's New York, is uh, walls are a little thin. Mom and dad have been married for about 29 years, and, uh, you know, you might hear some things when you're trying to go to sleep at night. So um, that was about the moment I said it's time to find a new job and get out of the house. So I figured that was another option for everybody. Make it as uncomfortable as possible. So, I guarantee uh, that he would not care. No, I don't think he would. How old were you at the time, Brad, when you were staying with your parents? I, I was uh, about 24, and I was trying to work, uh, find a job. It was a rough time out there for new college grads, but yeah. I found my way and uh, but, yeah. found my way in the real world. But that was kind of a, a triggering moment in my head, like I got to be doing something. I understand, else. but Brad, listen. <laughs> the, the difference is the difference is, and, and I appreciate the call. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. But the difference is, is that at no point during that process was Brad thinking. I'm just going to stay. Right. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm, this it, is the process my long-term was, solution. You're thinking short-term. They're allowing term. me to live here so that I can get on my feet and get out right. on my own. Right. And you don't mind that as a parent. Right. Usually, I would think. Triple eight seven two seven back. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. Pat Gray for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, along with Jeffy. Uh, the big news that's breaking right now is that President Trump has uh, canceled the North Korean summit with uh, Kim Jong-un Sad. in Singapore. It's too bad because, yeah, we I had some serious hope for that. Then maybe some progress could be made there. Maybe peace could be atta- obtained. We wouldn't have to worry about that I anymore. Know. I know. I mean, I, I really wanted that. Maybe that. you at least agree to end officially end the uh, korean war maybe you just start heal that healing process uh beginning on the korean peninsula that would have been nice yeah um, that would have been that would have been, been nice i don't know that uh i mean does south korea even want that really oh south korea i think they've wanted that for a long time i now. don't know I, mean, I think we've, they do. we've still we still dump a lot of money into that economy and we've helped them build quite a military but our military no is still it. there and the united states presence is still there strong oh they want to lose that and don't get me started on the presence in south korea <laughs> i but uh, i have long uh, been saying it's time to stop. get out yeah i know for a while I know, and i didn't bring it up because of that yeah. but i know you have but i'm just <laughs> I, saying they they don't want our to presence stop. to go the, I no, I, so. I, I think most of them 
want us to stay uh, yeah, yeah i think that's do. what i mean i mean maybe maybe you know the the regular citizenry says get out yeah but, but no way the government does where i am on that stuff now is you know south korea's got a powerful army it's like fourth, right. fourth or fifth with biggest. our help yeah it's it's fourth or fifth biggest in the world okay well defend your country we'll see you later uh it's been a good 60 65 years <laughs> uh but we're done yeah, we're done. And, uh, you we'll, know what? We're even going to... We'll catch you later. I know we left uh, a lot of equipment in Vietnam, but we're going to take our stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take country, our toys. Too, we're okay. going to go home. And I'd, I'd love it if we were less interventionist. Yeah, I, I really would. I, I think it's time well, to get back to Well, I mean, we're barely the... anywhere. I don't know what you're talking about, interventions. We're barely anywhere. We're, 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 on, we're on what? We're every on every continent. continent. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that we have troops stationed in Antarctica, but every other continent... Uh, I bet we do. We might. Yeah, I believe we do. I, I would. We I might. Would, there's no. I would be you know, surprised if the answer to that was we don't. Yeah. Well, you never know when there's going to be a penguin uprising there, and you want to be prepared for it. You know, you laugh, but remember <laughs> that we just found out not long ago that uh, the penguins were like six or seven feet high. Yeah, we did. Some of them penguins. are really big. So yeah, they might. Mm-hmm. They might start being born again that big, and if that happens, yeah, you don't want none of that. Thank you. You're going to wish the U.S. military was. Thank there. you. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be nice to go back to our our founders original thinking and stay out of stuff it's just you know yeah, there's a thought stay out of it we could we uh, i think could benefit a lot from that thinking right now and then you know maybe we even protect our own borders with the thirty seven thousand troops <laughs> it's just just a thought I, I don't know. Or maybe you just, some of those soldiers get to stay with their families for a while at a base. Huh. That, that might be nice as well. Weird. You know, here in America and not contributing to the economy of South Korea right. and Japan and Germany and wherever else we are all over the world because we're everywhere. everywhere. We sure are. We're in places that we didn't even know we were in. Yeah. And we recently found that out in Africa. Yeah, How many time. African big countries time. are we in? And so, in some cases, we're, we're in skirmishes. We're yeah. in battles. We sure are. And that uh, many of those were brought on uh, during the Obama administration. Yeah, they were. Yes. I mean, this is not just a Republican situation. Correct. It, it's, uh, it's an American president situation. Because as Glenn has talked many times about when he met with George W. Bush, and Bush said, hey, don't, don't worry so much about the next guy, because he'll find out what i found out right. and that's what that we all have to do essentially the same thing and that's what they do essentially right. the same thing because of the world situation and the uh circumstances we've created and been a part of for so long we just continue that we, we and, have to and and that's why we've been um reluctantly surprised at the many things uh that president trump has accomplished from his campaign promises because so many of those campaign promises from very many uh, uh campaigners have fallen through the cracks mm-hmm. because of that very mm-hmm. th- that very thinking yeah uh you know they can't do it now well i really wanted to but can't wish i could yeah look at the time let's yeah. take us to big picture and get out of the oval okay? and that's that's what we do find at least as far when it comes to certainly when it comes to foreign policy yeah they have to act pretty much the same way and they do. Triple eight seven two seven back. David Hogg. This guy is I, changing the world. You just love it, don't you? I, I do not. love to hear from him. I do not. Uh, probably the most visible of the Parkland surviving activists. He is calling for a die-in 
at Publix supermarkets tomorrow to protest their donation to gubernatorial candidate Adam Putnam, Adam Putnam whom right. you know, right? I, I do know Good Adam. guy. You uh, want him I, to win the I, election. I didn't uh, realize that he was running for governor, and mm. uh, I like Adam Putnam, and he would be a good governor for the state of Florida, I believe. Well, he has a pro-gun stance um, that gets him a top rating from the yeah, NRA. Yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's a gun guy. His family, he was born, uh, he was born in Florida. He's a Florida boy. Uh, they have a citrus farm uh, in Bartow, Florida. Um, mm-hmm. You really, no matter what size farm you have, when you're walking whatever fields you have, you want to be have some sort of weapon on you. There are wild animals that need to be you need to be safe from. Can't you just reason with the animals when they come to? You could. Eat you, you could. You may have your own personal die-in. Yeah, maybe you try <laughs> something different. Maybe you don't kill uh, for a change. Maybe you don't have a gun. Because the answer to uh, to animal violence is not more violence. Have you have you attempted <laughs> to talk to a snake or? A, well, uh, not not for a while. A, a gator. Are you saying that's impossible? Have you ever tried it? Don't knock it until you've tried it. <laughs> Honestly, no, I've never tried it. So, so apparently, public supermarkets supports Adam Putnam. And he's and has got a, along. I mean, a really he's, high rating from the NRA. Yeah, he's been, I mean, and Publix is a, a, a great supermarket chain in, mm-hmm. in Florida and the South. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. they're really good. And my, my daughter and my wife miss shopping there. You know, when we travel to Florida, it's always like, oh, we get to go to Publix. Uh, they, but Adam has been, I mean, they've supported Adam Putnam since he was in the Florida State Legislature, since he was in the U.S. Congress for 10 years, and then he left Congress, the U.S. Congress, and came back to Florida and became Agricultural Commissioner. Um, so, I mean, he's, you know, they've been behind him 100%, and they gave him the money that they gave him, and David is upset that Publix is supporting mm-hmm. Adam because of his gun rating. And can so you he's believe got a this? great idea. David Hogg now has. Did you see how many Twitter followers he's got uh, It's now? easy enough to find out. I don't know exactly. I don't know it's, the number. It's a high school kid who started out probably with what? You know, 12 or 25 or 50 followers? Yeah. Uh, 799,000 uh, yeah. now. And Almost 800,000 followers. And he was immediately verified. Uh, oh, was he? Twitter. he? He immediately, as soon as, they, as soon as they started talking to him at Parkland, he was, I mean, he immediately got the blue check from Twitter. Yeah. So he's telling all his Twitter followers that they should do a die-in at public stores. Uh, and if you're not in the one in Florida that he's talking about, then do it wherever you have a public. Starting at 4 p.m. Uh, inside the two public stores, because he's got two in his neighborhood around Parkland High School. Uh, go in and lie down starting at 4 Feel free to die in, in with us at many other publics as possible. You know, I, I, and I responded to, I actually responded to his tweet, which I usually let David tweets go, but it ticked mm. me off with this. Yeah, it's um, so irritating. What, what, it'll get a lot of people on your side that are shopping for going into the holiday weekend on Friday afternoon. Let's yeah. go ahead and clog that up, Great. David. That was good thinking. <laughs> Let's do that. They'll be on your side then. That's what leftists do, though. Leftists, they don't care who's inconvenienced they don't they don't care who's put out they don't care who's hurt they just want to make their statement right i'll never forget when um janitors went on strike in houston this is about 10 12 years ago uh seiu came down from chicago with a bunch of their members to help out in their protest and so oh, they didn't come down to help out to pick up garbage uh, no oh. no they didn't oh. in, in fact there was a, a big strike and uh, garbage didn't get picked up at a lot of buildings huh. uh in houston for a while and so 
What they did instead was they drove into some of the most uh, traffic-congested intersections and dumped garbage into the middle of the street. <laughs> that wins people over. Oh, oh did man. we love them then? Right? Oh, was I on the janitor's side then? Right. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how much I loved them. <laughs> I was all about the janitors for justice. I bet you were. When they I started dumping garbage in front of me in the streets of Houston and impeding my way to work. Or impeding anyone, no matter where, impeding where you want to go. Exactly. That was the whole point of the yeah. of the Black Lives Matter marching, marching in, on interstates and blocking roads, right? It was, no, that's fine. But You're not helping your cause. Not, not, not at all. Not at all. And going into public supermarkets tomorrow and laying there in the, in the aisles and getting in the way of shoppers and their carts, that's not going to help. No. No, then one of the nobody's going to like that, and, and you're not going to win over anybody that way. And David would probably pick another store, but you know, Publix is known for being so clean. He's able to, oh, I can lay down on that floor and not get dirty. So I mean, it's agonizing. Mm, it, it is. It's agonizing. Isn't it? it is. And I want I want Publix to double down. I don't want him to back out. I want him to give Adam more money. Yeah, I mean, I do too. <laughs> I don't even know Adam, and I, I want him to give him more money. <laughs> <laughs> Because this just pisses me off. Triple eight seven two seven P E C K. Pat Gray and uh, Jeffy for Glenn this week. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K is our phone number. Uh, so let's go to Staff Sergeant. Uh, we've got a Staff Sergeant on. Staff Sergeant to who, though? I d- uh, it doesn't say. There's not enough room on uh, the, the name area. Staff Sergeant Don, did you say? Tom. Staff Sergeant Tom, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Yeah, hi. I just hi. want to weigh in on these uh, uh, protests, the NFL, kneeling down. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to t- uh, sports talk radio last few days, different national shows, and uh, they all seem to be in support. And, you know, they keep saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's just they're protesting uh, you know, uh, national issues. Well, I would like to have them see it from my perspective. I'm ex-military, and I attended three funerals at Arlington National Cemetery back in the first Gulf War mm-hmm. for people that I knew that were lost in the cause. And I would want to see if Colin Kaepernick attended one of those funerals and heard the national anthem played and then taps. Could he still have the guts to kneel down if he did, uh, that would be totally, you know, disrespectful, yeah. uh, no matter what his cause is. Because when I hear the national anthem, I, you can't help but get choked up, thinking back to that time at Arlington National Cemetery when you watched three of your buddies yeah. get buried. Yeah, uh, appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Tom. No kidding. And thank you for your service. Uh, and that's a point that seems to be lost on him. Of course, they say, anytime that's brought up, Oh, it's not about that. We honored the military. We're we're all about the military. Yeah, but you you can't see you can't disrespect the national anthem and then say that, right? Because our veterans don't buy that. It's all as tied you just heard, it. it's all tied in. And again, go back to what Colin Kaepernick, the founder of this movement, yeah. what he said in the first place, and that was that it was about the country and it was about the flag and it was about the anthem. Yes, it is. He said yes. So. Which anybody, is it? Anybody who says it isn't is lying or they don't understand what the movement is about. 
And we mentioned earlier too. He's right. Uh, the the sportscasters and uh, you know we talked about uh, listening to the, the ESPN and the They're Fox all Sports. Liberals. They're all liberals. All for it. Yep. I can't believe it. It's agonizing. I I can't listen to it when they start into this stuff. I have to turn the channel. How do they see? I mean, if sports, if NFL starts to fall a little bit more than it has, and and, and granted, they're up, they're on a pretty sturdy mountain, so it's going to take mm-hmm. a while. You're not going to, you know, you're not knocking them off the hill right now but if it starts to slip a little bit um there's not going to be the need for you sportscasters yeah uh, all talking uh, nfl 24 7 because nobody cares and the problem is like you said that's a, that's quite a ways down the road i know because everybody loves the nfl right everybody loves football I looks know. forward to football season and I'm, the escape that we're supposed to get from it i'm guilty I'm guilty of that, except that I'm not guilty of, uh, I am guilty of giving up a little, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I have given up a little and I, you know, I pick yeah, and I choose, didn't watch it I as pick much and last choose year. my games carefully Yeah, and I pick and choose when I watch it, you know, cause I try to miss the very beginning and cause I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. Right. So right. Watch the game. I don't so want to hear the, the announcers comment on it. I don't. I, I don't, don't want to hear their their support for it. I'd, I'll watch it with the, <laughs> with the sound down. I'll watch it with the sound down. Really, yeah. I don't, A lot of times I do. I'd rather watch it with the sound down. It makes you miss the days of Pat Summerall and uh, John Madden, who never commented about political stuff. They it's talked the about game, the game. The football, the X's and O's, the game, talked the players. About What's going on? The game. Thank you. Steven in uh, Los Angeles or Louisiana? Which is it? Louisiana. Louisiana? Louisiana. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, welcome. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Um, I just wanted to touch base with you, uh, get your opinion and your thought. Um, okay. See, my mom's on a fixed income, and mm-hmm. I live with her now. Mm-hmm. I'm 37 years old. She was about to be evicted out of her house, so I had to leave my house and everything, all my stuff, and move in with her. You know, I have a full-time job. I've been out the house since I was 16. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying tough. to, you know, big difference. It's a tough situation. Yeah, sure yeah. You're no, there. No, no, no. You're yeah. there to help your mom. That's a completely different situation. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not the kind of thing we're talking about. Thanks for the call, Stephen. Yeah, I'm glad no. you brought that up because we we mentioned yesterday. There's exceptions to all these rules, and you're one of the exceptions. Yes. If you're there to take care of your mom or your parents, a completely different situation than a 30 year old guy who's just there sponging off a totally healthy 30 year old. Sponging off his and parents. And it is, it is understandable that uh, from time to time where instead of the parent moving in with you, you would move in with them because sure. they're comfortable and they're at mm-hmm. their place and that's their place and you're going to take care of them. Why, why, why exactly are you saying it like I that? Like it's, uh, it's <laughs> like it's the way it happens. something you're irritated it's just with. just the way it happens. <laughs> bad what do you mean what is what's happened it doesn't happen then what happens is that they move in with you (laughs) and it moves in you know has someone moved in with you then they you know take care of them and you give them their own space but then they want a different space they can't be upstairs because you can't walk the stairs you gotta be downstairs sounds like pretty specific uh, off the top of, of my head Really? Yeah, it's off the top of my head. So you're not talking about any any specific circumstance. You're just... I don't know, just people. Sometimes it happens to you. Just generally speaking. What are you going to do? Say no and kick them out on the street? No, probably not. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. 
And what you know? Let's say you you had. But I mean, let's say, well, let's say let's how say long a period parents, of time are you generally these, speaking of? Let's say these parents had more mm-hmm. than one child, and mm-hmm. only the one child is worthy of taking care being of them. Able to take care of them, yeah. because of her husband and mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> Again, this sounds kind of specific. No, I'm just thinking of someone just off the top of my head. Now, now so, how long would this situation have been going you know, on in I general? Know. I mean, generally speaking. I, what? Eight, nine years? Something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. It's, uh, really? Know, okay. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's just uh, hypothetical that you're just throwing out yeah, there. It wouldn't be good, though. The good thing yeah. is, is like if you were to move, say, to another state, and you had a place to stay in the state you were moving from. Instead of getting rid of that place, you just you know they just stay there. Why wouldn't they? Why would they do that? But they they wouldn't, right? In this Not particular scenario, in this scenario they would. But. <laughs> huh? That's it's interesting. A, it's it sounds interesting. really. I don't know what made me think of it. Very very specific for a generalized <laughs> circumstance that you're just. But it does. But it does happen. It, it, it does. Happen, it does yeah. happen. And you, you, you yeah. have to. Those are the issues that you have to deal with, and that's part of life. I get it. But yeah. this guy, the thirty-year-old, the specific guy that we're talking about, and others that we heard about yesterday, um, I, there's something missing in the psyche of wanting to be an individual mm-hmm. living in America out on your own, being independent. Yes. When you're a thirty-year-old man, yeah, something's a little off there. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. With uh, Pat and Jeffy this week. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was speaking about... Uh, well, I'm not really sure what she was speaking about, frankly. <laughs> she did get the question asked. Her, <laughs> she, yeah. She, so she there was, was a specific answer that was supposed to be answered. Right. But she was speaking initially... Well, they, she was asked about the age of some of these elected officials. And uh, here's kind of what it uh, what it turned into isn't it time for some members to return to private service and to encourage younger folks to run for office so they have yeah to yes thank you thank you should i take that personally yes 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 nancy you should yes you should, you should take that incredibly personally and get out get out <laughs> let me say this um okay uh, two things first right. of all mm-hmm. what i said earlier about money and po- if you reduce the money role of money in politics mm-hmm. and increase the level of civility in politics you will let more women more young people more people of color to elect your body. And, and nothing is more wholesome than that Okay, so nothing is more wholesome, wholesome than electing people of color, women, and young people. I guess it's not wholesome to elect people with experience. That's not wholesome. That's not. That's the not fact true. is that Congress right. has a seniority system, Let's so people in different regions want to make sure uh-huh. that the people who represent them are in a senior position yeah. to help express their views, Don't, the, the uh, concerns of their region. That wasn't but the I'll take though. it personally and say right. that as a woman who came to Congress later because I raised my five children before I decided that uh, to accept the opportunity mm-hmm. to run for Congress, so lots of times women are a bit older because they have been raising their children. Now I'm happy because lots of young people 
young women are running with young children and we're trying to make it as family friendly as possible. But I don't what? think, for me, I don't think age has that much to do with it. I think mm. it's about, and especially I, I as a woman, <laughs> I, you know, I, say, I want women to know that whether they're going uh, from college to Congress, well, they can't really do that, but 25 years that. old That's to Congress, or in my age. case, from the kitchen to Congress after my kids were grown, uh, that whatever you're bringing, it's new and fresh and different because you're a woman. And that is with all the respect in the world for our male colleagues. But the important thing is to have the mix at the table. At the table. So at the table. I think that uh, at the table. Uh, at the table. Again, at the table. At the table. Yeah. At the table. The whole. The table. I said to you earlier. The whole environment is changing. She's still talking. These young people are registering Apparently. kids, mm -hmm. seventeen years old, who are not even quite old enough to vote, but will be by the will time be. the election. Sure. The women will. march, and now they're running. And now they're running. And now and they're so running. There's a whole, and now they're people running. People say to me, how are we going to use all that talent? And at the table. And now they're running. Now they're running. At the table. At the table. And now they're running. How are they going to use us? <laughs> how are we going to in incorporate their fresh enthusiasm? I've never seen mobilization uh -huh. like it. And everybody has to justify mm -hmm. their existence to their constituents, and that's mm -hmm. the democratic way. Okay. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, again... Well, Again, uh, answer the question, though. Maybe. Some members Go, come to Congress good. older and they're newer. Some what? people have been there 20 years and they're younger, and they're but they just got a younger start. So anyway, that is all to say we want to take the talent, the experience, mm -hmm. uh, the values where they are. And so that w w that's all to say that I've been rambling for three <laughs> minutes and saying absolutely nothing, except for the fact that I've got about? no intention of ever getting out of office. No way. I'm going to die in this office. I I'm 78 years old, and I'm continuing to babble on endlessly about how, no, I've got no intention of ever stopping. And there are no term limits? Uh-uh. Uh, do I want a young person to take my job? No. 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 And by the way, she may have gotten a late start uh, after her children mm -hmm. uh, were raised. She's still There's been there for a thousand years. Not a chance Nancy Pelosi came from the kitchen to Congress the way she means it. No. Not a chance. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. And she came later in life. She uh, has, I mean, it seems like she's always sure been does. in office. It sure does. So, I mean, does it say later in life, is that 30? Is that 35? If she had five kids, you know, she's probably started at what? 14? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either, but she's been, uh, she's been a representative since 1987. Oh, yes. I mean, look. She, yeah, she came in later in life. Later I mean, in this life. Was, from the kitchen to you know, Congress. From the kitchen to Congress. After her kids were born. After her kids, kids were completely raised. And five and, kids. And five kids I had to take care of. Wow. Uh, that's, again, the rambling, the repetition Oof. of phrases and words. I mean, she did, sound, she did sound that she could, could have possibly been fully medicated last night. So everything was, I mean, that, that's about as coherent as she sounded in quite some time. And that wasn't much. No, I mean, she's just rambling. Yeah. Triple uh, eight seven two seven back. Let's go to Garrett. Uh, Garrett, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi. Hey, how's it going? It's nice to talk Good. to you guys this morning. You too. 
Okay, so um, basically, I just wanted to address the whole, uh, you know, the Parklands, you know, David Hogg type situation and uh, kind of tie it together with some of the other left-wing pushes that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, I know that Glenn has denounced the Bundy Ranch protesters for protesting idiotically the idiotic behaviors of the BLM. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But what what is the flashpoint? Because right now, we do have... Uh, Congressional representatives openly advocating for gun confiscations and buybacks of quote-unquote assault weapons. We've got former Supreme Court justices arguing for the repeal of the Second Amendment. Yep. Um, the, the, you know, the left always has that point where they're willing to use violence. And they have, you know, in the Civil War, once, you know, Abraham Lincoln was elected, they attacked Fort Sumter, and that triggered it. You know, that was our tipping point where we stepped in and said, all right, Slavery is going bye-bye now, and we're going to do it by force. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with all of the rights that are being violated right now, I mean, it's, you know, look at Planned Parenthood. That's Jim Crow. That's a eugenicist agenda that is being carried out to the tune of tens of millions of lives lost. And so, I mean, I understand that it's never good to advocate for violence, but in your opinion, is there ever a point at which we use the Second Amendment for what it's designed for? Oof. Is there ever a point? I mean, it's a uh, thanks for the call, Garrett. It, it's a it's a hard question. It sure is. Uh, I, the answer is obviously yes. There is there is a point. We're not there. Not even. Well, I don't think we're not we're even close, close to that. No. And what we forget about uh, with our founders is that uh, it took them a long time to get to that point as well. They didn't jump immediately to that point and take up arms against Britain. It took a long time right. and a lot of grievances. And, and many do forget that, yeah. including myself. I mean, that's something you don't think about often, and it t- took them a long time to get there. And it should right. take us longer because they were doing it all without representation. We have representation. So there's another big difference between us and the founders. We're supposed to handle this through our representation. And when they don't handle it the way we want, we get new representation. representation right. It's our fault that we haven't done that. It's our fault that we never do that. And it's our fault that we keep electing the same morons we've elected for 30 or 40 or 50 years. Yeah, I mean, that's the, argue, the term limit argument as well. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see term limits, though. Love to see that happen. Um, I think there's a couple of different things that could save this country. One of them is term limits. And the other is uh, get people out of Washington, put them in their district, and legislate from your district. Could not agree more on that. No more meeting at the Capitol building in Washington. You have to stay and conduct all business of Congress in your district, online. Yeah. That's how you connect with the rest of Congress, online. I mean, I'm even willing to give them, uh, you know, a week a year in D.C. Sure, you could could arrange something like that once or twice a year, whatever. But most of the time, Uh, you're right there with your constituents, and you face them all the time. You don't worry about... You're not facing the lobbyists. Right. You're facing your constituents who put you there. And you're not wheeling and dealing with Mitch... That is the the hall for three hours. That is the, I think that's the most effective change we could make. Get them home, put them in their district. That's where you do your legislating. That'd be, I mean, that, I think that fixes a lot of ills. Uh, Ken in Pennsylvania, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Hey. Uh, I'll get right to my point. You you had nailed it on the head earlier talking about that kid living with his parents. Mm -hmm. A lot of that comes back to, we've now had an entire generation, almost two, that literally were raised with no shame. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. That is one of the flaws. The others are things like no moral compass, no personal responsibility, and no coping mechanisms. And a lot of the problems, school shootings, 
that guy living with his parents, the NFL protests, a lot of you can trace back to one of those things because basically people are being raised and they don't have any sense of right or wrong or values or that they themselves are in the wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. Yep. And they were raised because of, like, participation trophies and everything. They have no means to deal with it. Not that I'm an advocate of bullying or anything, mm-hmm. but still, it kind of teaches you that life lesson that you have to deal with it. Buck up and, you know, move on. But now they, they can't do it at anymore. Yeah. And we yeah. end up with uh, things like the shootings. I, I think that's a big part of it. I really do. Thanks, Ken. Uh, Keith in Texas, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, thanks for taking this call. Right to the point, uh, you got a eunuch, 30-year-old uh, snowflake that has a kid, buys his own groceries, gets mm-hmm. a lawyer, and does not have a job. Where does he get the money? Good question. Probably from his parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. I'll bet he gets his money for his lawyer from his parents. I bet he does, too. (laughs) So pathetic. So sad. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Wow, this is uh, some breaking news. Morgan Freeman is now being accused of sexual harassment, inappropriate behavior by eight women. Is there nothing sacred? Apparently not. Apparently I not. Mean, Morgan Freeman is a big fish, yeah. right? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, I know That's Harvey. I know Harvey Weinstein and, and Bill Cosby and uh, <laughs> what's his face, uh, Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But Freeman's a big fish, man. Yeah, yeah. That guy's got a lot of money. He's a oh, big star. And he's absolutely, absolutely superstar. revered by the Hollywood superstar. Life. I mean, he's, they he's, love him. They, everybody. Love him. I don't know of anyone that that doesn't like him. Young production assistant thought she had landed the job of her dreams. When, in the summer of 2015, she started working on Going in Style, bank heist co- comedy starring Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and yeah, Ellen Arkin. I watched, uh, that's a, it was cute. You liked it? Yeah. Uh, but the job quickly devolved into several months of harassment, she told CNN. She alleges that Freeman subjected, subjected her to unwanted touching and comments about her figure and clothing on a near-daily basis. <laughs> Freeman would rest his hand on her lower back or rub her lower back. In one incident, she said, Freeman kept trying to lift up my skirt and asking if I was wearing underwear. He never successfully lifted her skirt, she said. He would touch it and try to lift it. She would move away, and then he'd try again. Eventually, she said, uh, Alan made a comment telling him to stop. Morgan got freaked out, didn't know what to say, Uh, and so on. So it stopped. It stopped. Yeah, but. So. So what? It's okay to try to lift up a woman's as skirt? No. It, no. But as soon as whatever was happening was happening and that she wanted to stop, when it, they said stop, he stopped. No, because she moved away and then he tried to Why again. didn't she just say stop doing it? I don't know. They never do. It seems like. It seems like uh, they, they can't. I, mean, they I don't, don't think Morgan's married, they right? Won't. I don't know. He's, I mean, they made a big deal that he lives with his granddaughter <laughs> or something or his niece or it was some. I got to look it up now. I don't think he's married. I'm not sure. But anyway, but the point is, is that now, granted, I, I'm not saying that it's okay to lift up the girl's mm-hmm. dress anytime you want. But I'm just saying that at that point, the story evolved into she felt uncomfortable when someone confronted him about it. It stopped. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So you're saying what? It's fine. It's fine. 
Is that what you're saying? I'm Mr. Dirtbag? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's not fine. No. It... On the set of Now You See Me in 2012, uh, some of the production staff said he did comment on our bodies. We knew that if he was coming by, not to wear any top that would show our breasts, nor to wear anything that would show our bottoms, meaning not wearing clothes that were fitted, she said. At 80 years old, Freeman is one of, as we've mentioned, Hollywood's biggest stars. Uh, his movie career spans decades, Driving Miss Daisy, Shawshank Redemption, I mean, Million Dollar Baby. I mean, look at the there- list of that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Apparently, 16 people spoke to CNN about Freeman as part of the investigation, eight of whom said they were victims of what some called harassment, others called inappropriate behavior by him. So it sounds like he says things to women like, hey, a nice whatever, like that. And uh, and they don't like it. So no, they don't. do you ask him to stop? And if you ask him to stop and he does, maybe that takes care of it. I know that's kind of what you're saying, right? It's, yes. It's like if, you know, if you if you don't know it's not acceptable, then how do you know to stop? Right? You've got to be told, look, I, I don't want to hear that from you. 80-year-old man. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Mercury.